0: Let's sing and swing. Evening visit with Mrs. Franklin D. Roosevelt. Two o'clock on Thursday afternoon in Manila.
1: And now we bring you Forbidden Diary, the true World War II story of Natalie Crowder, based on her secret journal written from a Japanese prison camp in the Philippines. Episode 5. How to pack a suitcase. Previously, Unforbidden Diary. Jerry, it's Carl. They're blocking the
2: road to Manila in a few hours. If you and your family want to leave, this is your last chance.
1: The
3: military's leaving?
1: Looks like it. Basically, if the Japanese try to take over, we're going to put up a white flag.
3: Then, if we're not safe here, where are we?
1: We can still take our chances up in the mountains. Or go to Manila. It might be better there. Hello?
2: Jerry, did you hear about the roads being blocked?
1: Yes, I just heard a minute ago, Ted. What are you guys going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. And now, Episode 5.
3: December 23rd, 1941 After much discussion over whether to go to Manila or not, Jerry and I decided to remain in Baguio and take whatever comes. As it turns out, everyone in our small group of houses is staying as well. It's no use being afraid. Besides, if all Americans flee, it'll be very bad for the morale of the Filipinos and Chinese up here. After lunch up in the garage today, We all put our dishes and forks away and huddled in front of the radio to listen to President Quezon's inauguration speech. In it, he read a message from President Roosevelt that rekindled our hope that things might not be so grim. In
1: just a few minutes. His Excellency, Manuel L. Quezon, President of the Commonwealth of the Philippines, will be giving
0: his inaugural address. On November 15, Ismael, turn it up. I took the oath of office as First President of the Philippines under the most favorable auspices. The Philippines was at peace and the Filipino people were happy and contented and thrilled with a vision of a bright future. Six years ago, There was every reason to believe that the Filipino people would be able to prepare themselves for independence in peace and without hindrance. Our task of nation-building was in progress when suddenly, on December 8, 1941, the Philippines became the victim of wanton aggression. We are resisting this aggression with everything that we have, despite the enemy's temporary superiority in the air and on land and sea we have been able to check the rapid advance of the invading armies. At the present time, we have but one task, to fight with America, for America and the Philippines. To this task, we shall devote all our resources in men and materials. Ours is a great cost. Indeed, we are fighting for our own independence. Yesterday, the President of the United States issued a proclamation which I am sure will hearten our fighting men and thrill the soul of every American and Filipino in this land. This is the proclamation. News of your gallant struggle against the Japanese aggressors has elicited the profound admiration of every American. As President of the United States, I know that I speak for all our people on this solemn occasion. I give to the people of the Philippines my pledge that their freedom will be redeemed and their independence established and protected. The entire resources in men and materials of the United States stand behind that pledge. The United States Navy is following an intensive and well-planned campaign against Japanese forces, which will result in positive assistance to the defense of the Philippine Islands. My heart And I know the hearts of all Americans and Filipinos in this country are filled with gratitude for the reassuring words of the President of the United States. In taking my oath of office, I make the pledge for myself, my government, and my people to stand by America and fight with her until victory is won. I humbly invoke the help of Almighty God that I may have the wisdom and fortitude to carry out this solemn obligation.
3: Even with FDR's pledge, it's hard to ignore 80 Japanese warships anchored along our coastline. So, we finally settled on joining the Americans at Brent School. The school is sort of a voluntary concentration to be together if the Japanese invade. We like that it's far away from town, but for all we know, we may be binding up Japanese wounds by this time tomorrow. That's what I told Nita today as we packed for Brent, and she gave me a wry face. Deciding what to take got me thinking about life's ironies and the Jewish refugees that Jerry brought home a few years ago. He found them on a Shell oil tanker in Manila Harbour during a business trip procuring gasoline for the mine. The Nazis took their German citizenship, and they'd sailed halfway around the world, unable to find a country to take them in. President Quezon agreed to let them stay, so Jerry chartered a bus and brought them home. Our house was wall-to-wall people until we found places for them to live. While they were staying with us, the refugees taught me how to pack a suitcase on the run. and That's how the subject came up, as the stacks of clothes on our bed grew higher and higher. June and B, these clothes are on your bed, Mrs. Crowther. Oh, good. Thank you. Uh, I'll set out my clothes, and Jerry's. Then we'll decide what to pack. They might be all we have to wear for a long time. Better pack my girdle. Oh, and we'll need two suitcases, I guess. Uh, Jerry said that the men will probably be separated from the women and children.
2: Should I get the fortnighter for Mr. Jerry? Uh, I don't
3: know yet. Let's just get everything out. Everything? Well, maybe we'd better just start with the dresser. And then we'll decide. Gee, I wish I'd paid more attention to Mrs. Meyerhoff. Do you remember her? No. She was one of the refugees we took in.
2: We must have had 40 people.
3: Remember when the bus showed up in front of the house?
2: You couldn't see the living room floor when everyone went to sleep. Vidi thought it was great fun. Yes, that's our Mr. Beedy, And June helped
3: serve food. And your girls as well.
2: What would we have done without our little helpers?
3: (sighs) Are you sure you don't remember Mrs. Meyerhoff? She had long silver hair, braided and wrapped around her head. Oh yes, I remember her. Well, she taught me how to pack a suitcase on the run. And now look at us. We're the ones packing. And she'll probably be safe because she's German. How does that make her safe? Well... Germany and Japan are allies. Oh, that's right. But she's Jewish. I don't think the Japanese care. They'll be too busy rounding us up if it comes to that. Well, anyway, she kept telling me, Only take what you can carry! Only take what you can carry! Oh,
2: Mrs. Crowther, I think we're in trouble.
3: Hmm. Yes, well... I think even I can't squeeze all of this into two suitcases. No, not even you. Well, Mrs. Meyerhoff also said to dress in layers, so your clothes can do double duty in hot and cold weather.
2: Then maybe just one heavy sweater each.
3: (sighs) Agreed. Oh, we're also supposed to bring mattresses, blankets, and food. Have you and Ismail decided what you're going to do? No, not yet. We're still talking about it. You two are as bad as us. Now, let's get to the clothes. Nasasayang
2: ang oras. Kailangan nating mag decision Hindi ko lamang gagawin ni eh, Ismael.
4: Mr. Jerry's been asking, Nida.
2: I know, I know. So has Mrs. Crowther. Do you know what she said to me today? What? That I must be prepared to help wounded Jap soldiers. Because the wounded are the same anywhere. Is she out of her mind? (laughs) That sounds like our Mrs. Crowter. Sometimes I think that her kindness is going to get us all killed. I was the one who fed those refugees and sewed bedsheets for the Red Cross. What are you talking about? Oh, nothing. I love Mrs. Crowter. She's a good person. But her thoughts are too far up in the clouds sometimes.
4: That's because
2: my sweet Nida. (laughs) She is a saint. I know, I know. But we can't afford to be saints like her, Ismael. Mr. Jerry
4: wants us to live in the house if the Japs take over and they're interned.
2: I don't want our girls anywhere near the Japs.
4: That's what I told him. But I think I should stay.
2: Ismael! We can't desert the Crowders. No, not after all these years. And I know they'd do the same for us.
4: Do you know that they're going to split their food with us?
2: Isn't it strange, Ismael? The people we know with the most bayanihan turned out to be the crouthers.
4: Mr. Jerry brought up us siding with Japan
2: again.
4: He was trying to give me an out. You know how he is.
2: I know. What did you say?
4: I got a little emotional.
2: Oh, Ismael, what did you tell him?
4: When are you leaving for Brent?
1: I don't know. I. I guess it all depends on the Japanese.
4: I was wondering because Nita helped Mrs. Crowther pack.
1: Have you tried picking up the luggage? How the hell did those tiny little women stuff that much crap into two suitcases?
4: (laughs) You're asking the wrong person.
1: When we open them, it'll be like Fibber McGee's closet. Hey, have you and Nita decided if you're going to stay in Baguio?
4: We're still not sure.
1: Well, if you do plan to stay and we're interned, would you and Nita consider living in our house? Of course. We'll take care of everything. Yeah, but if it gets too dangerous, just... leave. Don't even hesitate. Side with the Japs if you have to.
4: I'll never do that.
1: You owe us nothing.
4: But I owe my country. The Japs are trying to push this Greater East Asia putang ina on Filipinos. Well, guess what? We're Malayan, Spanish, and American. We are our own people. And this is our country. I didn't mean... We'd never get independence from the Japs. And we're so close. It's our turn, Mr. Jerry. It's our turn.
1: And it's going to happen in 46.
4: Is it? You heard President Scasson's speech. If FDR say he has a well-planned campaign against Japan, then why hasn't anyone come to help?
1: I don't know. I'm as angry about it as you.
4: Today, I was walking by the Filipino army training camp and ran into a gang of soldiers who told me that the American officers abandoned them. What the hell?
1: Everyone's been sent to Bataan last minute. They could have missed their unit's orders. I don't believe it. It was probably a screw-up.
4: Or maybe the Americans bagged out on them.
1: I really doubt that. Why would the army leave soldiers behind when they're so desperate for them?
4: These soldiers said that they were left behind to be killed. Is America going hand the Philippines over to Japan? No, God, no. Well. It doesn't matter because the Filipino scouts are the best fighters in the world.
1: Are you planning to join up?
4: Nida and the girls have to be safe before I can even think about volunteering.
3: December 26, 1941. Brent School. We've lived a lifetime in the last three days. The worst of the rumours have come true, and this time no one can deny them. The dynamiting of the Nagilian and zigzag trails was loud, clear, and near. Then Balotok mine's tanks blew, sending thick smoke over the valley. But most frightening is the undeniable sound of gunfire echoing up the trails non-stop like a broken phonograph record. There's panic in the air, trees, and ground, while I write, men are surely fighting and probably dying at the foot of our trails along the beach. And maybe closer. As the rumour that Japanese soldiers are now hiking up to Baguio becomes more credible, the road out of town fills with terror-stricken civilians and Filipino soldiers in trucks heading to the lowlands to fight. The Filipino women left for the Igorot barrios days ago. Thank God Nita decided to join them with her girls. And Ismael, our loyal Ismael is staying here. Nita and I said our goodbyes in the kitchen. As I started to go out the door, leaving Nita silent behind me, I was too near the breaking point to turn around, but I did. (laughs) Nita looked so bowed down that I went back and put my arms around her. We both burst into tears as she clung to me, sobbing. I'll be out in a minute. We're ready to head over to Brent School. When are you and the girls leaving?
2: Pretty soon.
3: Do you have everything you need?
2: I think so.
3: Well, they're waiting for me in the car, I suppose. And you have a long day ahead of you. Okay. You take care of yourself and get word to us so we don't worry. I will. We'll be seeing you. Well... Bye.
2: Goodbye. Oh, Mrs. Crowther. I don't want you to go away or anything to happen to you. Oh, you either. I'm going to miss you terribly. I've been so happy with you all these years. I don't want to lose June and Biddy
3: we kissed and comforted each other like sisters until nita finally broke away and ran out the door still in a flood of weeping i joined jerry and the kids in the car carrying a basket of food that nita made for us and drove to brent Until today, we've only stayed nights, sleeping on mattresses on a dormitory floor, to the sounds of children crying and adults wondering in wakeful hours how soon the Japanese will arrive. I don't think there's anything more demoralizing than waiting for something horrible to happen. Added to the misery are constant air raids. During one, Mrs. Salibi mentioned the looting in town. Sadly, nothing surprises me these days.
1: down to the shelter! Come on, let's go!
3: Mm, again? Oh, I was just getting back to sleep.
1: Where's the flashlight?
3: Um, right here.
1: No flashlights when we get outside. Just follow the person in front of you.
3: BD, take Daddy's hand. June, you take mine. Deep, and the kids are exhausted. Can't we just crouch down by a tree, Jerry? <sighs> That's what I'm doing. I'll break my neck going down that hill again. Then we'll stay with you, Mrs. Salibi. Close. Sounds like they're done, for now.
2: Did you hear what happened in town after they blew up the trails?
3: It was disgusting. Most of the Filipino city officials left Baguio. I hear that the previous mayor is taking over.
2: The police flew the coop too,
3: and a mob looted the Japanese stores. We were close by when it happened. Now that's just not right. We saw people running off with boxes under their arms and sacks of flour and sugar slung over their shoulders. But the police did return the next day. (laughs) A lot of good that did. The less said about it, the better, if you ask me. Christmas morning started at 3 a.m. when the siren to congregate went off in long, endless shrieks. It was almost Pavlovian the way everyone jolted off the dorm floor from a sound sleep, instantly panicking that the Japanese had arrived. But it turned out to be a false signal. Evidently, someone's garage was on fire. So we crawled back to sleep with heavy coats under thick blankets. A few hours later, In the damp dawn, we sat on our mattresses, cross-legged around our small pile of Christmas gifts, and opened them one by one. A unanimous family vote sent us home at noon for a final splurge of turkey, candied yams, and Swiss peas and beans mixed for a treat. Evidently, the Japanese hadn't gotten the word that it was Christmas, because two air raids left us breathless from tearing up the hill to the shelter. The best Christmas gift came later in the day, when Jerry and the kids helped me make good on a vow to deliver Red Cross Christmas bags to the Filipino and American soldiers at the hospital. I'd started making them before the bombings, and in between air raids, the soldiers opened them on Christmas Day. Walking into the crowded wards and seeing those boys' faces light up gave us such pleasure. When we left a group of about 18 with malaria and wounds, a young soldier called out.
1: Ma'am,
0: ma'am, do you think you could get us toothbrushes and toothpaste?
3: Oh, I don't know, but I'll sure try.
0: Let's
1: go see if we can buy them downtown. Chinese stores are probably open.
0: Do you need help to find something?
3: We're looking for toothbrushes and toothpaste. Oh, here they are, right under my nose.
0: That cost you 13 pesos. Here you go. Thank you. It's very good that some people have not left Bacchio. So many have gone. Yes,
3: downtown is very quiet these days, if you don't count the air raids. Nurse? Yes? I'm the lady who delivered the Christmas bags. Would you please see that the soldiers get these as well? Oh, how nice. You know what? Why don't I just give them to the boys right now? I'd really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Oh, and Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you. Hey, fellas, guess what? Special delivery from the Red Cross. New toothbrushes and toothpaste.
1: See? What did I tell you? Red Cross can do anything. This concludes Episode 5. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of Forbidden Diary, the true World War II story of Natalie Crowder, based on her secret journal, written from a Japanese prison camp in the Philippines.